All right, Konnichiwa, my friends. This is Master Samurai Tech Radio, episode 25. Today is February 23rd, 2018, and got kind of a special topic. Follows right on our last episode. This one, a Sears, atta a Sears Tech attacks a customer. Lessons for the rest of us. So it's kind of a uh, interesting incident to talk about. A lot of different angles to it. We found out about this incident uh, shortly after we did the last episode, which actually probably is okay because it's um, there's enough there to warrant its own episode. So I'm your host, Samurai Appliance Repairman, and with me as always is... Mrs. Samurai, and gosh, we're making a habit of this. Right, twice in a week. What is going on with us? Check that temperature there. I know, we're going to spoil people. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, as I mentioned, started off mentioning, there's a lot going on with this incident, a lot of different angles and facets to it, a lot of lessons to be drawn from it for both customers and for us as professional servicers. So we're going to have some good conversation coming up here. So stick around and go for the ride. So first, let's, why don't we start off, Ms. Samurai, just recapping the story. This is a sensational story that came out of uh, Colorado, uh, I think Denver area somewhere. And there was a, a link to the, a lot of discussion about this going on at Appliantology, uh, a lot of texts talking about it, different angles, a lot of good funny comments going on about it. Right. Uh, but the, so why don't, you, why don't you give them the recap of it? Okay, so, um, and, and maybe we can put a link to that video in, on the YouTube, uh, when this is posted at YouTube. Ah, great idea. You can watch yeah. the news clip. So it's one of those local news stories. Um, some guy, I assume he's more in a, uh, rural area. We I don't know. We didn't check to see where Arapahoe County is. Sorry to all you Coloradans. Arapaho. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so some guy's front load washer had a, a hole in the boot and had been waiting a month for Sears to send somebody out. And they sent a guy out who was a third party contractor, which is kind of important to note. When he got there, realized he did not have the correct part. And according to the customer, I'm not editorializing yet, but the customer said just out of the blue uh, that the tech started hitting him and just storm, then stormed out. And, and then somehow the guy ended up on the hood of his car or went after him with his vehicle and then drove away. Well, that man has been arrested, of course, and charged with assault. Um, and the, the homeowner was showing his appliance and showing his various bruises and scrapes. Oh, but yeah, just showing them off. And of course, the news story was all focused on, uh, you know, the, the customer, which sounded a lot like, you know, in the last episode, we talked about that customer. Uh, I'm sure that's what was going on here. My initial impression in um, uh, watching this and reading the story and watching the video this was that customer. Oh, I'm sure the little weasel was just offering him tea and crumpets. And then that nasty old tech just hauls off for no reason, and starts pummeling him like a, you know, like a little prison gang <laughs> beat up or something. I, I want to say <laughs> something else, but uh, I refrained myself because, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be a professional and all. And then the other thing is, what was that guy doing on the hood of the tech's car? So <laughs> there's some weird stuff going on Maybe with this story that just doesn't add up. Right, right. Maybe he was just trying to stop him from leaving. Oh, please, please don't leave in such a huff. Your tea's getting cold, please. <laughs> I made these crumpets just for you. Yeah, I'm sure that's all that was going on. Just, just an innocent little customer. You know, the customer's always right. So yeah, there's, there's some weirdness going on with this story. There's two sides to every story. 
So right. that they only showed in this news story, of course, a very sensational story, and they just like to hype it up, and of course, beat up on Sears, uh, like everybody loves to do. And 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 the, the, it is like as you mentioned, this was a contractor for Sears. This was not a Sears employee. So he was a contractor doing fill-in work, probably a sparse coverage area. Uh, so that's why we we think it's probably rural. So they didn't have any regular Sears techs to cover the area. So they get a contractor. So right away, that tells you something's going on probably with the tech. He's slow, doesn't have enough work on his own, and he's taking these um, Sears independent contractor jobs, and they don't get paid very much for doing these jobs, so it's probably just fill-in work for him. Right. Um, wrong part well, was ordered, and go ahead. I was gonna say, my initial uh, or thought, my first thought when I saw the news story is, who the heck wears a Chewbacca hoodie when you know you're gonna be on television? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh yes. My gosh. Yes. So, I mean, for those of you who haven't watched the clip, that was the first thing I kept looking at. What is he wearing? It's this big brown sweatshirt. But then I realized it's got like the fur and the, um, you know, that strap that Chewbacca wears across it. It's like, okay, you know, you're going to be on television. You go through your closet and figure out, okay, what's going to look good. And that's what you pick. He's pulling the hoodie back to show the, the, the tiny little bruise on the corner of his eye and oh, and then pulls his sleeve back and see, I got a scratch from when I fell off the hood of his car. Right. Okay. There's, uh, you know what I mean? There's a lot of weird stuff going on with this story that just doesn't smell right. Right. Now, you know, so as you mentioned, there are two sides to every story. But the other thing I was thinking about is that by our nature, we tend to like to sort stories out into who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. You know, who do we want to side with? Well, I think for a lot, if not most stories, uh, there isn't just a pure good guy and bad guy. There are a lot of times that both people are being jerks in some way. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those stories. Uh, on the other hand, the actual breaking of the law does happen if you initiate the physical contact. So, that's you know, the there's line. just no so, yeah, the getting around that. Would cross a line unless there was some sort of uh, maybe the the customer threw something at him and, it, and which is assault, um, and the tech was then responding to that. But we don't know. The other side has not come out yet. But right. there's some there was some provocation that went on barring any kind of thing where the tech was on meds and went off his meds or some weird little uh, outlier. Uh, explanation like that that might have gone on. It just seems to me like there was some provocation that went right. on in this so, whole thing. And before we go on, we did want to just clarify that, that whoever does initiate that physical contact, that is the breaking of the law. It doesn't matter how much of a jerk the other person was verbally, you know, that is where the law draws the line. And, and so we're not at all supporting that, even if we can sympathize. <laughs> yeah. 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 The reality of running service calls today is that if you run enough calls, you will at some point have a nasty encounter with an angry, threatening or confrontational customer. It's just it's going to happen. It's a numbers game. If you're a rookie uh, new in the trade and this hasn't happened to you yet, you haven't had the pleasure, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. then it's something to look forward to uh, because it is kind of a it's a seasoning experience. For, for a tech and it, it's something that's, it's just a percentage uh, percentage game. There's a certain number of those customers out there who are, are like that and you're, you're gonna step into it at some point. Um, it may be actually even more so than say 20 years ago. There may be more of those types of customers out there today than there were 
say 20 years ago because society itself has gotten so much uh, less civil. There's a less, much less of an em emphasis or even an outright discarding of etiquette, basic human etiquette and manners that's out there. I mean, social media has contributed to this. Uh, you see all kinds of nastiness online and then people think it's, oh, well, I can talk like a, like a butthead on social media to people. So I can do that in real life too. It's just, it's just I think, uh, has contributed to this coarsening of society that we see going on. We saw it in the last election, just all this nastiness came out. There's no kind of civil discourse anymore, people talking past each other. Um, and you know, social media gossip factories, so it's okay to just sit there and talk crap about people and like it's okay to engage in, in gossip and things like that. So you, you just see all of this type of ugliness coming out in people. So it could be that there's maybe a little bit more of it going on today than maybe 20 years ago. But so, so your chances are pretty good that you're going to run into it if you haven't already. Right. It's still a small percentage of your overall customer base for most techs in most areas. So just keep that in mind. But the fact is that these types of nasty encounters tend to loom large. But don't let them overshadow the overwhelming number of still decent, very decent uh, customer interactions that most of us have. Right, right. So, we talked about that some last time about you have to make that mental effort to keep everything in perspective. It is an effort because, yeah. you know, a, a, a few turds can just stink up the whole place. And, and that's kind of the rotten apples, whatever uh, metaphor you want to use. But just you just don't focus on them. You know, be the bee. Look for the flower in the middle of the junk pile. Don't be the fly who looks for the pile of poop in the middle of a beautiful meadow. Uh, that right. kind of thing. So it's all what you focus on. Exactly. Um, can, can I make a quick side point? Something please. I just thought of. Yes. Um, do you remember uh, the, that Morton Downey Jr.? No, is that the right name? Morton Downey Jr. talk show that in the 80s? Yes. Um, I had forgotten all about that. And for any of you who are uh, younger than us, which is probably <laughs> a lot of you listening, um, if you weren't uh, alive or aware in the 80s, you can Google this or search YouTube for Morton Downey Jr. It was called Trash TV. He, the talk show host, Morton Downey Jr., would try to get people riled up. The audience would be, just be encouraged to scream and, and confront the, the guests. The guests would confront each other. It was just terrible. I saw a video clip the other day. I'd completely forgotten about it. You know, So for people who think discourse is really broken down, we did have our examples back then. But because we didn't yet have the internet and social media, I think we could just figure, oh, it's just limited to these, you know, who are these jerks that go on these shows? But I think it's revealed to us that maybe there, there's a little more of that that's always been in humans. Well, you know, but, you know what they say to, to uh, <coughs> paraphrase Pogo, we have met the jerks and they are us. So that's right. we've that's all right. got a little bit of jerk in us and that's just the reality. I mean, we're, we're not perfect beings. Uh, so, but what we try to do is manage that, particularly when we're professionals on a service call in someone's home, and we'll we'll get into that here in just a minute. So, but that kind of gets into what do we do about these service calls, these these unfortunately unpleasant interactions, and how do we handle these types of service calls? Well, it occurs to me that some techs who have been burned and been in this type of situation, they may have a tendency to overcompensate for these types of uh, encounters that they've had by adopting a tough guy persona with, you know, with the voice grinding uh, like that, that we talked about in the last episode, or they maybe adopt other intimidating mannerisms uh, in anticipation or to ward off any type of uh, customer 
you know, the customer getting in their face about it because the customer will be too intimidated to get in their face. That's the wrong thing to do. Uh, there is a correct way to ward it off, but why, for one thing, why subject the vast majority of your decent customers, and it is, it's hugely vast majority, probably on the order of 97, 99%, why subject them to that type of scary dude, intimidating, unpleasant persona based on this tiny percentage of just nasty customers? Mm -hmm. It's not a good stra business strategy in the long term uh, if you're trying to build a business. Or, and it's not, a, it's not a good business strategy for you if you're working for another company as a tech, uh, as for your future as an appliance repair professional, an in-home service professionalism, uh, professional. So, and that kind of gets into this whole idea of professionalism, which is, I guess we talked a little bit about this last time, a professional versus a trade, and, but professionalism, uh, kind of one thing that occurred to me that uh, professionalism is, it's a persona that you adopt for service calls. It's kind of like acting, but it's not fake. It's real. It's a real persona that you that you adopt for a service call. So you're going to act. You know, we all play roles. Uh, we, I play the role of a husband, of a father, of when I'm in someone's home. I play the role of an appliance tech, a professional appliance tech. That is professionalism. So recognize that you're playing a role when you're in someone's house. It is showtime. From the moment you pull into that driveway uh, to the moment your vehicle leaves that driveway you are on stage, it's showtime. It, it, you're, you're, that customer is examining you, they're examining all kinds of uh, your visual, uh, verbal and nonverbal clues about you and they're making all kinds of assessments about you. Um, in fact, they do this, most of that's done in the first three seconds that you encounter a customer. Those three seconds are critical. It's important that those be positive because it's very hard than to go back and get someone to revise that, you know, to revise that assessment of you. Think about it. When you meet someone, that first three seconds, you instantly don't like that person, or wow, they're they're really putting off a vibe. No matter what they do afterwards, it's hard for you to get over that first three second encounter. This is all based. It's based on verbal clues and nonverbal clues. How you talk, what kind of words you say, and also how you appear, how you comport yourself, your mannerisms, and all of that kind of thing. So right, this is making me remember. It took me something like nine months after I met you before I finally agreed to go out with you. <laughs> well, kind of a long story. Yeah, it took a long time. See, you don't have nine months when you're when you're trying to recover from a bad first impression on a service call. So it's it's crucial that those first three seconds be good so that you're it's, it's going to be a good show the rest of the service call. So that first evaluation, the customer's wondering, can they trust you? Particularly if it's like a first meeting of you, you haven't been in the home before. So you want to try to exude warmth. Uh, you want to be sincere. You don't want to be phony. So I'm not talking about being a glad hander and, and being a brown noser or anything like that. But, but you just want, you want to be genuine and warmth. You want to have basic respect, basic human respect. What are some other things, hon? Right, well, in fact, I was reading a study um, and this was, aimed at, at business people who are trying to, you know, go into a meeting or something like that and, and be competent and get, you know, meet, meet their objectives. And they were so focused on wanting to come across as deserving of respect that they didn't look friendly enough. And she said that, that the initial uh, judgment somebody makes is trustworthiness. And that requires warmth, friendliness, um, and that a lot of people, they go right for the wanting to come across as competent and strong, and that's off-putting to people. 
you know, that is kind of the follow-up they want to see. They want to see trustworthiness. And then after that, they want to see, you know, respect, respectableness and, and competence. Basic respect that you would give to any human being. You assume respect. You should be kind of respectful in general. It's just kind of a, a good way to go through life. Just be, be automatically respectful of, of another human being, uh, you know, made in the image of God and all that kind of thing unless they give you a reason not to respect them but you assume the best about other people in general it's kind of a good just a good way to go through life that means so make eye contact uh friendly warmth sincere and all that kind of thing this per professional persona that we're talking about it's something that you deliberately and consciously cultivate and craft f with specific objectives in mind you're trying to do several things on that call in addition to get the, the appliance fixed you're trying to fix that customer so you're also trying to maximize that customer's satisfaction with your service, and you're trying to deliver a great customer experience uh, with both you and with your company. Perception is reality. That's just, uh, unfortunately, that's the nature of the game. That, you know, reality, how we perceive things forms our reality. So you need, as a professional, you need to manage, actively manage that customer's perception of you while you're right. in that home. You know how I kind of look at it? because. Um, you, you said earlier, it's it's kind of like acting, but not really. And 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 that and I think it isn't really acting so much as it is. You can picture it as putting up a filter. You're letting out the positive traits that you have. You're holding back the negative ones, you know, or any negative emotions you're feeling, stress or feeling harried or whatever. You don't need to show those to the customer or for that matter, most people in your life around you. Right, and, we call that letting letting, your, I call that letting your face hang out. You don't right, have to right. let your face hang out. That's part of your persona is you, you deliberately and consciously trim that out. We have that ability as humans. We can deliberately and consciously trim out the stuff that we don't want to project. Right, it also means since, since this filter, this professional filter is letting out the positive traits you wanna show, you actually have to possess those to a certain extent. It, you, you can't fake it or else it's not gonna come across as genuine. So, I mean, we all have to work on professional or personal development, I should say. So and don't go yeah. out of character, even when you're in a confrontational situation. It, it, the temptation is to there, mm -hmm. to, to start letting your face hang out and go out of character, mm -hmm. resist that, avoid that. Right. I'm remembering something else that I think was from the, was it the 80s or 90s? The, take a look at yourself. Have you looked at yourself? <laughs> <laughs> have you looked at yourself lately? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it's a good thing to do. We, we actually we need to do that if we're going to craft a good persona, deliberately craft a persona that is going to uh, make a good experience for the customer and make good success for us. Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, oh can I, I'll make a, a plug in, in the personal development uh, vein. If you guys have not heard of Jordan Peterson, he's kind of been uh, in the news a lot. Um, for various reasons, but you can just go to YouTube and search Jordan Peterson and you will find a lot of videos. Um, he's phenomenal. He's got a book out actually. Uh, and great for uh, his big uh, message is to help people in general, but he's really uh, young men in, in this country are hearing what he has to say and it's really helping them basically sort their lives out. So That's a message you, that um, young men, and uh, in in particular, need to be getting because they're definitely not getting it uh, in as, as a societal message anymore. You know, me, there's all this male bashing going on in our increasingly feminized society, 
And, you know, the irony is women uh, want all this, this feminism stuff, and yet they're craving real men. And right. so it's kind of a, so it's a, it's a message that men need to hear and internalize. Right. And he's, he's not just some bozo. He's a clinical psychologist. He's just a, a cool, thoughtful person. And so well worth seeking out, particularly if, if you know or are uh, a younger man who's trying to figure out how to fit into this very bizarre culture we've got going right now. Yeah. So uh, lessons for there, there's other ways I want to look at this. And there's lessons that customers can learn from this incident. And there's also lessons that uh, techs, we as uh, in-home service professionals can learn. Um, customers lessons, one, it's, it's rare to have a problem with a servicer in your home. It, it, you're, just, you're just not gonna have a, a customer or a, a servicer coming into your home and threatening violence or anything like that. Uh, that, that it, that's really rare. In fact, that's why it makes the news with something like this happening because it's, it's, it's aberrant. It's, weird it's sensational and it makes for a highly watched news story look we're, we're doing a whole podcast episode on it yeah in fact there are regular stories of techs doing good deeds that go unreported uh you you had found something on that right uh one of our uh members at appliantology was saying that um who's a when, sears tech right and uh i don't know if he's still a sears tech but he said that there, there was a publication every month where part of it would be they'd highlight a servicer who had really gone above and beyond to help out a customer that the you know that wasn't related to the repair was related to something that was going on uh with the customer with a health emergency or something like that so good deeds what is it a good deed never goes unpunished or something but it goes underreported because bad news gets ratings good news doesn't we know this from all kinds of topics well, it, and it ties into the the anal, the analogy to that is with guns. I mean, you know, when when bad things are done with guns, uh, that gets all over the news. But you don't hear about the many, many more bad deeds that were stopped by the use of a gun. The, the media doesn't report; they have an agenda. But uh, besides that, it's it's good news, and it doesn't really sell as well. So, right, right. Uh, aside from their agenda against guns and in, in the mainstream media, um, and most companies perform background checks. Uh, on on uh, tech, so that's another reason that you, as a customer, are probably not going to have this type of encounter. The the it's it's like the odds probably of getting struck by lightning or something like that. Right. If you're concerned, uh, then what are some things that they can do if uh, a customer can do if they're concerned about uh, who is going to be coming into their home to deliver service? Right. Well, this is a good argument for sticking with small local companies that you can develop a relationship with. Uh, a small local company is going to have much bigger uh, reputation at risk than a company like Sears, um, and so that's a good argument for that. And of course, there's and by other small, advantages. we don't necessarily mean just like a, a mom and pop operation or just a few techs. It could still have like 20, 30 techs. That's right. still a small operation in the scheme of things, versus like a huge, uh, you know, network of factory network of techs around, or, or you know, something like that. But that, that's the distinction. We're not we're not talking about number of techs small. We're talking about something that is locally owned with X number of technicians on staff. Right, right. And um, and the other thought I had is that it would mean you'd want to ex avoid buying extended or those home home warranties because you can't choose your technician generally with those. And right, again, that is where you get a lot of third party guys. Right, and the distinction there is 
these are different from like a manufacturer's warranty. The manufacturers will often like when I, I do Samsung warranty and they actually came up and visited us and are somebody from Samsung and they do a background check, criminal background check, driving background check. So the manufacturers are going to be checking you out um, before you're going to be in people's homes on their behalf. Uh, and that's not always the case though if you're going to be doing an extended or home warranty for someone a lot of times they're just desperate to find someone and they're calling people out of the blue hey will you go run this call for us and we'll give you a buck 280 or something like that it, they don't it doesn't pay very well if you're if guys are slow if a company's very slow on work they're they might be tempted to take that you're not and if they're slow already um that probably tells you you're probably not getting the the, the best uh technician of it who's available uh, we're talking about getting an extended or home warranty. So it's probably not going to be the best, the sharpest guy if he's accepting extended or home warranty uh, service calls. As a generalization, there's always exceptions. So, oh, um, right. And when people ask me if they should get those, I just say, well, it probably depends where you live. If you live in a, a fairly populated area, maybe they have some good service companies who use that those types of jobs to just pad out their schedule. Find out, find out who you know what their service or network is. I just know where we live, which is semi-rural. We get calls all the time from home warranty companies or extended service companies that are you know they're calling from Mississippi to see if I will service a customer you know that's somewhere in some little town here in New Hampshire, and they haven't vetted us. They're just desperately trying to find somebody who can cover their customers. They've got a warranty obligation to fulfill. So they just they just need a warm body to go and satisfy that warranty obligation that some customer has already paid them for. So that's their game. Right. Yeah. So um, there, there's so those are the customer takeaway points. There's also some tech takeaway points that uh, we can get out of this, this uh, incident. Um, one is to spend some time preparing for bad customer interactions. Just kind of war game them beforehand. What would you do if this? What would you do if the customer starts getting in your face and screaming and yelling? How would you handle that situation? That's, these are questions for you to ask yourself uh, and sort of figure out how would you handle it? How would your professional persona respond to that situation? Identify red flags, uh, both in yourself, what kind of mood are you in before you enter a customer's home? Identify red flags in the customer. Uh, what's the service history or status of the repair? A lot of times, too, you can get an idea before you even walk in the house. I mean, we, we know, we see how, how the grounds are kept, uh, you know, have they cleared the snow off the steps that you have to go up to get in the house. Gives you a big, a little bit of insight into what's going on with that customer and where they are uh, socioeconomically or mentally, emotionally in their life situation. You can get a lot of clues before you even meet the customer and then you can maybe adjust your persona accordingly or brace yourself for impact you know <laughs> brace for impact right. <laughs> um so and then then once you do once you meet that customer what kind of vibe uh, are you picking up from them and what kind of vibe do you want to give back uh to them do you, you want to reflect back uh, what right. are some other I mean, things Sue? if you detect a negative vibe you know that means you need to increase your positive friendly vibe to see if you can counteract it you can try to sympathize, you know, if you if you know it's service history and you know they've been waiting, you know they had maybe a bad experience, it's been inconvenient, you know, you can acknowledge that and just, you know, it, it's tough because they're wanting to lump you in with this whole big 
ball of mess of their you know appliance malfunction oh you get um, that too as, as a uh, uh, man doing manufacturer's warranty work i mean they're irritated with the product that it's broken and by extension they're going to be irritated with you you have to expect that that's just part of the game and you have to have sops for dealing with that uh you still don't break character you're once you're once you're in that house you pull into that driveway you go into character and you don't break character so uh, you want to have some, you know, wargame it beforehand. Take some, uh, figure out so how you might respond in certain situations. And experience is going to be your big te teacher too. The more uh, just in overall interactions that you have, the more way uh, humor is a great way to diffuse things too. By the way, if there's a way to make a joke without making light of the customer's situation or concerns, uh, that's always a good way to diffuse a situation. Right. Right. Find points of yeah. connection, find points of commonality and, you know, whatever you can do to just to click with that person as another human being. Shouldn't be that hard to do. We're all humans. So <laughs> you wouldn't, right. shouldn't be that hard to, to, to connect with another human being. Right. And it is tricky because, you know, you always do have to be a little bit thinking of how to protect yourself, you know, how to prevent the customer from having, you know, unwarranted or unrealistic negative attitudes towards what you're doing so you have right. to you know careful speak carefully and thoughtfully so you're not giving them ammunition they can throw back at you the other thing with having that persona the other thing it does for you as a tech though is when a customer does become abusive again the rare times when they become abusive don't take it personally um it just keep your persona so it's your persona that's taking that it's kind of like the, this front so so don't take it personally in, into your into your heart it's not because it, the guy doesn't really even know you uh, so he, he can't really positive, you know, talking about your mother, whatever it is, whatever they might be doing, whatever kind of personal insults are making, they don't really even know you. Don't take it personally and respond in kind. You know, you can always just uh, make a graceful exit if it gets really, really bad. Um, so there's different ways of handling it without it becoming confrontational. Right. So um, uh, what are some other action items that we can do, hon? Well, if you before you leave your vehicle, if there's something bugging you, take a moment to get yourself under control. Don't, don't, you know, maybe you're running behind and you feel like you don't even have a moment to spare, but showing up at the door harried and, and, you know, stressed uh, is going to leave you much more likely to not behave in the way we've been advocating. So, you know, take just, a breath, clear the mind. Yeah. And uh, it's a whole new encounter, and you have to treat it like that. Don't maybe bring any even a quick phone call to somebody, a friend or or family member, who can help you. To, even if it's a, a one minute phone call, just to you know say I'm having a crappy day, you know, and have that person know they need to just like talk you down a bit, and then go into the house. And the other thing too is assess. You know, we talked uh, talked uh, briefly before about you can even get a lot of clues about the customer before you even meet the customer. When you drive in, you see how the place is. Don't work in a home where you feel unsafe. Uh, if it looks like a really sketchy environment, and and then you you meet that customer and you're getting a violent vibe or something like that, uh, or really leave. Make up an excuse to leave. Oh, I I got a diarrhea attack. I, I sorry. I got I got to go. You know what I mean? You can come up with some way to leave that doesn't put it on them. It's just something. You, something just happened. You're not feeling good. You're feeling ill. Whatever. You got to get out. I mean, in a sense, you really are feeling ill if you're feeling threatened. That's an emotional type of illness that is not normal or healthy to experience. So if, if some guys. I had uh, some discussion about this. They'll talk, they'll, they'll carry a handgun into a customer's home. Uh, big no, no, 
it's it's hugely disrespectful. Uh, you're you, for one thing, you're because you're automatically saying if the customer sees it, you're automatically telling them, um, I, I think you're a criminal and I need to defend myself from you. It just it just does not bode well. Doesn't it's not a good look uh, for an in-home service professional. Uh, I think that's a big mistake. Uh, my personal opinion, uh, I understand a, a lot of techs may disagree with me. Uh, it's not something I would ever, ever do is carry a handgun into someone's home. I'm not anti-gun at all. Uh, own several myself. It's just I just wouldn't carry one into a customer's home. And plus, if things do become emotionally charged, well, I mean, you know, I don't know. A customer may grab it. There's a liability issue. I mean, who knows what could what could happen? It just it's just not something that needs to be introduced into a situation. What are your right, thoughts but, on that? Well, I mean, the um, you should design your business so that you are not in homes where you feel that there would ever be that significant a threat to your life that you'd need a firearm. Yeah, maybe it just kind of goes back to that marketing strategy that we talked about last time. I mean, if you're really working in those types of homes where you feel like you need to take a firearm into the home, I, I would say step back a little bit further and take a look at your marketing strategy. Are you serving the right customers? Does this customer have the disposable income to buy what you're selling, your, your good or service, um, in general business strategy that we talked about last time? So right. it might be just time to reevaluate uh, your your target market. Right. And the, the, the odds of just some psychotic killer luring you to their home... <laughs> You know, under the false pretense. I mean, sure, it could happen. You could Has get struck by lightning, though, too. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, not not worth it. Now, maybe, though, there there may be reasons to have one in, in a vehicle, don't you think? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I don't see anything wrong at all about keeping a, a, a firearm in a vehicle. That's a whole different ballgame. I'm, I'm right. talking about just packing one into a customer's home. You know, it can kind of go along with this whole tough guy package. Yeah. I grind my vocal cords. I talk like this. I got my devil tats and my piercings. And uh, and by the way, I'm packing heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got a lot of issues to sort out. They need Jordan that's, Peterson. <laughs> they're in the wrong business. I mean, if, if that's really where someone is doing as an in-home professional, uh, that ain't an in-home professional. Uh, you're in the wrong business. Um, right. You know, go be a and bouncer at a bar or something. Fortunately, that that they're pretty rare. I mean, we see a few guys that we, you know, periodically at big yeah. events and we're going, really? <laughs> they go into people's homes like that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's more uh, interesting to talk about than an actual huge problem in the industry, fortunately. Right. It's not a huge problem. So, all right. Well, that, you know, this is a, not a huge problem, not a prevalent issue, this incident that we talked about here with Sears, but it was uh, interesting enough and newsworthy enough that it was worth us just spending a few minutes talking about it. So thanks for uh, hanging in there and, and uh, listening as we talk about it. And I uh, hope you got some good ideas about it. Let us know. Put some comments in the video. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's what's your thoughts on it? things we'd like to talk that you'd like us to talk about? Yeah, that's a great point. So, you know, uh, give us some feedback on um, what are your thoughts on both this incident and other future topics that you'd like us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. So, yeah. Because you All know right. us, we can go on and on about anything. <laughs> we'll just sit there and make it a yak. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, thanks for uh, spending a few minutes with us. And uh, this is Samurai Appliance Repairman, sayonara. Bye.